The following program is produced by Rosado Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla. I'm very happy to be with you on a fantastic day. Just loving the fact that we're getting a little bit of moisture in northern Nevada at the time of this program and enjoying it all the way to the hilt. My guests in the studio are here to talk to me about opportunities in investment real estate. I like these guests because like all of my guests, they are the pros, the experts in the business that can help us make the right decision or at the very least ask the right questions and work your way to the right decision. Today is no different. With me in the studio today, I have Dave Washburn and Dave is with Socotra Capital. Socotra Capital is a hard money lender. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you, Peter. Pleasure to be here today. It's good to see you, too. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've run into each other. Uh, we do uh, have, happen to cross paths at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club here at the radio show. I know that many of our listeners and the people that come to visit us in the studio are guests, too, talk to you about putting deals together. How is it going in hard money lending? Is it still active like it was the last time we chatted? It is, Peter. People are always uh, looking to make deals, and one of the things we pride ourselves on is closing quickly and speed when you're dealing with an illiquid asset like real estate is something that people can use to their advantage, whether it's an up market, down market, low inventory, lots of inventory. And so that's what we've been uh, bringing to the table and helping folks close quickly. That's very good. That's a great service that you've got. And like I mentioned in a previous show, hard money lending is not the hard money lending of the past. Hard money lending in Nevada is regulated. Dave, tell our listeners about how that works. Well, what happened is we had a pretty big crash and a severe correction, and out of that came a lot of legislation on both the federal level and the state level, and now Nevada is one of the uh, most heavily regulated states. Mm -hmm. And so we have a mortgage lending division license, and we bring that license uh, that allows us to do loans on real estate, and so that's how we're governed by the state. I know you've got a lot of great opportunities for real estate investors Dave, later in the show, we want to talk with you about some scenarios and see how hard money could perhaps solve a problem or two or at least accelerate the transaction. Great. I'll be excited to discuss those with you. Awesome. Also with us today is the branch manager of Summit Funding in Northern Nevada at Sparks Branch. Lou Carr is with us. Hi, Lou. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Peter. Uh, it's a great day in Northern Nevada. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, yeah, it is a great day in Northern. It seems like almost every day. Is a great day in northern Nevada. Lou, I can't remember the last time it wasn't a great day in northern Nevada. What a great place to be. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it'd be a great day for a bicycle ride, huh? Yeah, Dave uh, has been riding that bicycle quite a bit. Dave, you were telling us uh, you're going to be doing something called a death ride this year? Yeah, I'll be getting out there. It's a bit of a grand fondo, and uh, we go and do a big ride through the uh, through the Sierra Nevada mountains. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome ride, I know. And Lou, you used to be in the bicycle business, didn't you? I did, yes. yes. A, and, a, and I think if I did that ride, yeah. I would be dead. You would be. Well, that's why it's called the death <laughs> yeah, ride. It's right. an invitation, actually. But yes. it's, so yeah. if it's you're, a challenge. If you want to do it, you go in. But uh, yeah. you were a business owner then. 
in a retail business, was it? No, actually, I was in the wholesale end okay. of the business. I uh, lived in Santa Cruz, California, and I covered from San Francisco to Monterey, and I went around to all the bicycle stores and sold them bicycles and merchandise. Interesting. And then they turned it around and sold it retail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a popular sport, growing all the time, it seems like. Uh, I mean, this was 20-plus years ago, and it was <laughs> it was a, a getting very big at that time, uh-huh. and I assume it's done nothing but, but uh, just explode since that time because California, Nevada, they're just awesome places to, to be outdoors. And it keeps people fit, physically fit, and that's right. what people want nowadays is some something to do that is uh, fun and keeps you fit and uh, doesn't get you in any trouble. Hopefully. So, hopefully. <laughs> so you are a branch manager of Summit Funding. We've talked about the work that you do at your office, but for the benefit of our listeners that are new to the program, Talk to our talk to us about what Summit Funding really is, what it does. Well, uh, we're a mortgage banker, which means that we create. Uh, let's see, we um, help people get financing to purchase homes up to uh, let's see, one to four unit properties, residential. And uh, we're a mortgage banker, so we create those loans and we resell them to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA. They're they're guaranteed by those entities uh, or uh, resold to them. And so we provide financing for people to purchase homes, residential property. Mm -hmm. And you do that with... uh institutional funds, as you mentioned, which means it's like going to any big bank in the sense that you're looking at the same menus of loan types. For the most part, yes. Uh, you know, the, the huge portion of companies that are doing institutional lending to help people buy homes mm-hmm. will will follow the, the, the basic uh, four or five, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, and USDA, um, but there are some banks that will do some of their own financing, uh, kind of similar to what Dave does. Dave, I, I believe, has private parties who have their money invested in these, uh, in the loans. Banks sometimes will use uh, bank funds and create loans, and they can set their own guidelines. Mm-hmm. Not not quite as prevalent though as the institutional. Yeah, that's that's yeah. generally what you find as you go up and down the the uh, mortgage and home financing streets of your favorite Correct. hometown. Right. 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 Got it. Got it. So uh, the uh, interest rates. Uh, we don't really like to quote interest rates because they can change from time to time. But the range. You know, we were near our all-time lows just about, I think, a year ago, year and a half ago. Where are we from there now? Are we still pretty close? It was it was pretty close to the all-time lows over the course of the last six months or so, but we are seeing a little pressure upwards right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, uh, there are some economic uh, uh, events or, or economic indicators are pushing things a little bit right now in mm-hmm. an upward direction. All right, so I tell people when I bought my first home, Dave, you weren't even born yet. It was uh, back in the early 80s, and I had to get a mortgage. My first mortgage interest rate was 11.5%. My second mortgage was 16.5%. So I had two mortgages that had really high interest rates. Of course, at the time, I thought, you know, how lucky it is to be able to buy a house, period, and I was. But I was still motivated 
to buy a home even at those interest rates. And eventually got rid of the home, interest rates come down, et cetera, et cetera, but it got me started. But for the benefit of our listeners, uh, I'm going to name out an interest rate, and I want to know if it's lower than this, okay? So yes or no, that's all. (laughs) Is is the interest rate today in general that somebody would get a mortgage lower than – 11%. 11%. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a safe number, Peter. I don't think anybody's going to attack you on that <laughs> yeah, one. That's right. Okay, how about 10%? <laughs> yes. Lower. Another, another lower. lower. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like price is right. <laughs> Cut that in half. How's that? <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Everybody gets the best deals when they shop. But the reality of it, Lou, I know is this. Mortgage rates on a mortgage for somebody who's going from one bank to another are all going to be about the same because you're all have the same basic general guidelines and pool. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, even though you see all kinds of different interest rates on the Internet mm-hmm. and people will tell you what rates are, um, mortgage bankers are, for the most part, going to be in a very tight range on interest rates. Yeah, and, you know, I know that's true with Internet as well. I was watching some late-night television recently. You know, I like to watch late-night TV, Lou. I, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't know that, but now I know. Well, now you know. <laughs> and and I, I see this commercial for this national mortgage company, right? I think they're called Fasten Loan. Fasten Loan, something like that. But anyway, the Fasten Loan guy says, we'll do your mortgage rate. We'll give you the best rates in the country. And if you call us and we do your mortgage, you're going to be entered to win a grand prize of a year's free mortgage payments. I mean – that sounds good on the surface, but do you really want to deal – who are we dealing with, right? Right. Because I know that they they have offices in you know, the Midwest, Chicago, Florida, for all I know, Burma, India, China. Right. I mean do, yeah. I, I, the value of dealing with somebody local, that's to me the most important thing that people should think about when they're going to do this huge transaction. Same is true with Dave Washburn. You're borrowing hard money from somebody that you don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Guido shows up in the middle of the night sometime <laughs> if he gets the wrong address. But with Dave Washburn, Dave, your clients meet you in person, I bet a bunch of them. Yeah, in fact, as soon as we're uh, done here recording this radio show, I'll be driving over to a property, mm-hmm. meeting with a prospective borrower. He wants to write an offer on it. We'll be walking through it together so that I can describe for him the process. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we'll be able to do and the timeline we'll be able to do it on, he knows he's going to be in a competitive bidding situation. So he wants to know without any surprises exactly what I'll be able to uh, deliver and in what what, uh, time frame. Awesome, awesome. Face-to-face contact. You can't beat it. Give us your contact information, Dave, in case anybody wants to reach you after our show. This is David Washburn, Vice President of Loans and Investments with Socotra Capital Nevada. My Nevada agent's license is number 51269. My NMLS license number is 331429. Socotra Capital Nevada's MLD number is 4075. Socotra Capital Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. Our office telephone number is 775-420-4990. My email address is Dave, D-A-V-E, at SocotraCapital.com. Socotra Capital does hard money loans in California and Nevada. Socotra Capital's company NMLS ID is 1142425. Socotra Capital Nevada, Inc. We are Nevada's hard money lender. Awesome. And Lou Carr is with us, branch manager, Summit Funding, Sparks, Nevada. Best way to reach you, Lou. 
Hi, this is Lou Carr, branch manager at Summit Funding Incorporated in Sparks, Nevada. My office phone number is 775-626-0775. My cell number is 775-771-4505. Our address is 5931 South Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105 in beautiful Sparks, Nevada, 89436. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. And my NMLS number is 258750. My email address is lcarr at summitf. U-N-D-I-N-G dot net. That's LCAR at summitfunding.net. I do loans in California and Nevada, and we are an equal housing lender. This is Lou Carr at Summit Funding, Inc. Call or text 775-771-4505. Thank you very much. Outstanding. We're going to come back and talk about some scenarios that we have for our two this lenders John in Sandberg the studio today. In particular, when we come back this time, I've got a hard Nevada money scenario that I want to Peter put in front of Dave and see if Peter you can Padilla help out this borrower. He rides and Lou, I'm sure you've got some scenarios that you run across that just can't be handled Peter at an institutional is, lender. I do. All right, we'll be back after this message. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, Liability exposure. This is Charlene Hamilton from Reno, Call Nevada. Sage International you are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. He has referred me to, to great professionals in the real estate industry. That's Peter Padilla is a great source of information about real estate in Sage Northern Nevada. International. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. I'm enjoying my conversation today with my in-studio guests talking about real estate and real estate for investors. You know, a lot of people think that when they buy their primary residence that that's all it is, just your primary residence. But talk to your tax preparer or your CPA and suddenly there's going to be new things that you need to think about. Paying taxes, that's one of them. Upkeep of a home, that's another one. And let's say you're one of the many millions of people across the country that do work out of your home. You might want to claim some business expense out of the home that you have purchased. So now your effective cost of this home is starting to make more and more good sense. So buy a home, rent a home, sell a home, keep a home. I mean, you've got one viewpoint, and that's your own. 
if you really want to know what's happening in the market, talk to other people that are experts in their business. We have two experts with us in the studio today. Dave Washburn is with us. He's a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. Hope you're doing well today on the show, Dave. Having a great time, Peter. Outstanding. And also with us is Lou Carr. Lou is the branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. Lou, you too. Good day to be talking about what we love to do, isn't it? Yes, it is, Peter. Thanks very much. And I know it's a good day because even when we took our break and I was listening to the commercials on the other speaker, I could hear you and Dave chit-chatting about all sorts of things. It's like two radio shows. The yes. One, the one between the segments and the one during the segments. <laughs> That's right. It's practice. <laughs> yeah, good practice. So I heard a little bit of that conversation, and I want to share a little bit with our friends and maybe ask you a question too. Dave was asking you, what is it that makes interest rates go up? I mean, is it uh, just kind of the any terrorist activity, fear? Is it greed? I mean, what's really happening in interest rates? Well, it really is driven by the economy. But in, in addition to that, I, I guess I would add that it's, it's perception of the economy. And there's a lot of components that, um, that people look at, people in positions of power look at. Um, and, and what most people hear about is the Federal Reserve, which, which is the, um, the entity in charge of, of overseeing our economic engines in the United States. And, and I, I have to qualify this. I am not an economist, Peter. I'm, I'm a mortgage guy looking at the economy. <laughs> so please take that with a grain of salt. Thank you for that footnote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank right you. There. So, so the Federal Reserve is watching, uh, watching the overall economy, but some things that they pay attention to are inflation. Uh, and they do not want to see inflation get out of hand. They want to see us as consumers be able to purchase products with, you know, the income that we make. The higher inflation is, the less our money buys in the open market. So there's a couple things that they're watching right now to answer your question. So they're watching unemployment as well as inflation. They have actually several triggers or several tools that they use to to help the economy keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them that, that we've heard over the last few years is QE or quantitative easing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's been the most extreme tool that they've used to help the economy. And that's where they artificially lowered interest rates, right? Yeah, so they, they purchased mortgage-backed securities, mm-hmm. which are what uh, loan... Uh, let's see. How can I explain mortgage-backed securities? Uh, well, I understand, and you know, I've I've said this before that uh, artificially low, but it really wasn't artificially low because it turned out to be that low. But it was it was almost created. Interest rates are created, by the way. The Federal Reserve manages our economy. Correct. It, they're really determined by the open market. Yeah. Mortgage-backed securities are purchased like treasury notes and and other investment mm-hmm. vehicles for people. If you have people with a, a good deal of money, they might purchase mm-hmm. a mortgage-backed security that was created at 4% because that's a pretty good return for them as opposed to a CD that might only be paying a half right. percent. Right, right. It just I just guess the oversight got away during the mortgage meltdown of these mortgage-backed securities now, I, they're, they're looked at extremely closely, I know, yes. to make sure that there's good balance. Uh, and a lot of other factors are in place now that are, are, are more reg- you know, regulatory, so they really control what's happening on the mortgage side, the investments, right. and that ultimately is controlling 
the interest rates as well, which is great for right, great for right. home buyers anyway. So their their tool that they did eventually use was the QE quantitative easing, purchasing of mortgage backed securities. But historically, at least from my time in the business, about twenty four years or so, they will use what's called the federal funds rate to push interest rates upwards and downwards. Federal funds rate is a rate that banks might borrow money from each other mm-hmm. that those banks will in turn use for their banking business. Yeah. So, so right now the federal funds rate is like a quarter percent. Right. So when they finally decide that maybe it's time to push rates a little higher, they might increase that federal funds rate mm-hmm. to a half percent or three quarters or one full percent. Therefore, putting a cap, attempting to put a cap on inflation. Because mm-hmm. inflation, if inflation takes off, interest rates could take off with them, yeah. and that could be detrimental to the economy. That's what happened in the early 80s is when I bought that first house. Right. It was during the Carter administration, and inflation was rampant. It was unbelievable. Right. And so, I, you know, like I said, we really felt lucky to get that rate. Yeah. Because there were people that were paying in the 20s. It's all relative, isn't it? It really yeah. is. Yes, it really is. <laughs> well, and that also drives the prime rate, which a lot of second mortgages are, are written hinging on the prime rate, which is at three and a quarter right now. But if you see them raise the federal funds rate by a half percent, you'll typically see the prime rate raise mm-hmm. a half percent as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really an interesting business, Lou, that you're in. It used to be about money, but now it's more about regulation, control. Oh, boy, is it. <laughs> yeah, we have more. Uh, we call it compliance. Yeah. We have more regulation and control. I mean, Dave's kind of gotten into the compliance business recently, but uh, we are we, we our company spends huge amounts of money just maintaining compliance with the federal government. Yeah. When we talk about, you know, the, the Fed's looking at, at uh, the economy to determine if inflation is prevalent or if they need to kick up interest rates, I know that because they control the, the banking industry across the country has a direct impact. When we get to that other grayer area, or is it even gray anymore, Dave, hard money. So are you guys looking at the same factors? Because I know that your your lending is not so much based on the interest rate because in most cases, your borrowers aren't going to keep the money that long that they borrow from you. So the basic fundamentals of economics, the supply and demand, those forces are still going to be at work. Where we see it is if interest rates rise and folks are able to get a better return on something like a 10-year treasury, then they're less likely to take that risk on a mortgage that maybe doesn't have a personal guarantee like we would do or a, or a mortgage on a mobile home park or a piece of dirt. And so what we see is that in this low interest rate environment, there are a lot of folks, baby boomers, who have capital that they've built up over the years and they're looking to get some sort of yield on it. Mm-hmm. And their entire working lives, they were told, well, great, you'll be able to get an annuity from an insurance company or a bond or a tax-free muni. And those rates are about half of what they thought they were going to be able to get. And so they those dollars are now going out into speculative investments, emerging markets. Some of it's coming to hard money. So that's how all of this uh, greater marketplace that Lou's talking about affects private money. So we are sort of a secondary market that's going to be affected by uh, the changes in the Fed and how that affects some of the, the bigger things like 10-year treasuries. You know, I bet that the lower interest rates uh, spurs a uh, a growth or a development of entrepreneurs 
because they see that they can't – they're not going to make a lot of money by putting their money in the bank like they maybe used to 10, 20 years ago. They have to do something with that money, and sometimes launching a business is a great way to do that. I speak often about how when you buy that first piece of investment property, you really are going into business. And the benefits along with the challenges of business are there. If you just uh, maximize both sides of the benefit side, uh, there won't really be that many challenges if you do things right. But that's probably one of the reasons that people need to talk to you, Dave, because they need to pull the trigger fast. So we talk about doing it for investment property. What about for businesses and things of that type? Somebody who just needs cash for a business upgrade or a business addition? Yeah, so our licensing restricts the collateral that we're allowed to take to real estate. But you could, for instance, take a business that you own, a commercial property that you own free and clear or inherit, and you could refinance and pull money out of that property and then go use it to start a franchise, buy another piece of rental property. Um, we had a gentleman recently who bought a semi-truck with the money that he uh, that he pulled out of his property that he owned, and he's got a... Uh, business now, a trucking business that he runs. So there's a lot of different options and opportunities and folks will use the money that uh, we provide to them to, yeah, go out and start businesses. What if somebody already has a business and let's say they own it free and clear, but they need to do some upgrade on their building, right? Big restaurant, they need to do an addition. Is that something that somebody could talk to you about? Absolutely. What we're going to do is we're going to focus on the real estate, what the real estate's worth. Once we have that real estate valued, we would then be able to put together a loan for them. Uh, We're not going to do a loan on a business or a liquor license or any of those sort of uh, other things that come along with it. We're just going to look at the property and we're going to do a loan on the real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, to reiterate to our listeners, you work with almost anybody as long as it's not primary residence. Correct. It's the purchase of a primary residence that we do not do. So that's good because we have Lou Carr in the room, and that's exactly what you do, Lou. Yes, it is. Yeah, and that's where all the compliance comes in. Somebody told <laughs> now, now you know why we don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody told me money was on sale, but once you win the auction, you got to be able to verify that you can get that money. That's the pre-approval, of course, Lou. Yes. People who come to me want to find out if they can get a loan to purchase property. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's one of the, the cores of my business is determining whether we can do that for them or not. If we can, we send them off uh, out into the world with a real estate this agent. This is Alan to buy Zane property. from Atlas Red awesome. Realty. Well, we talked about you are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Money lender, Dave Peter Padilla is a longtime friend, you, mentor, and I love a, him. Uh, purchase of investment <laughs> property or a primary residence, but we have to take our break. Please hang on. We'll be back after this message. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death from Boise, Idaho. Call Sage International you are listening Incorporated to Nevada Real at one 254 5779 Peter Padilla is important to me because he's a great host. That's Peter 1-800-254-5779. Padilla is your real estate expert and I urge you to pay attention Sage to what he says. International.
And welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for being with us today. Every week we're talking with new people about real estate for investors. Things change all the time, so you've got to make sure you have the most current information from experts that are doing the business. Most of our guests and experts are real estate investors themselves, and so they're putting their own money on the line to do the work that they do. I ask a lot of people why they want to be a real estate investor, and, you know, I see smiles come on most people's faces, and it's because they like the freedom of running a business at their own hours and pace. They like the long-term appreciation of real estate that you get, and they like the fact that in most cases, your renters are going to pay the mortgage on the property because that's the whole idea. You buy a property with as little money down as possible, let's say. You get renters in there to cover the mortgage payment every month. Well, after a certain amount of time, you're starting to build equity, and before long, you own half the home outright. The bank has the other half. Ultimately, it's a good chance you'll own that home outright and build a stable of homes, and before too long, you're on your way to a fantastic retirement with real estate as your long-term source of income. Now, I'm not an investment advisor, but I talk to a lot of investment advisors, and most of them tell me the same thing. Diversify. And one great way to diversify your investment portfolio is to buy investment real estate. Need to find out if you can get qualified for investment real estate? Well, I have a couple of gentlemen in the studio today that can help you find out just how quickly you can get an investment real estate loan. Lou Carr is with us from Summit Funding. And Lou, you are lending money to people that buy what types of investment properties? Let our listeners know. A residential property, okay. one, one to four units, so one unit, two unit, three unit, or four. Like a house, a duplex, a triplex, a fourplex. Yep, okay. exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And they can buy that to rent out, and then they can use that as – and what type of uh, down payment minimum, for in general, do people have to have to get into those kind of yeah, things? Yeah, um, investment property, which would be in property that – which would be property you intend to rent out, or perhaps you're going to get appreciation – uh, in the value itself, but uh, we typically require a 15% down payment. Mm-hmm. That's for conventional financing, and that, that is a loan amount up to 417000 in Washoe County. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that that's the minimum required for investment. All right, but it has to be a home. So Correct. Dave Washburn's with us in the studio as well. Dave is with Socotra Capital. So, Dave, you go a little bit beyond buying a home, a residential home, a duplex, triplex, Fourplex. Tell our listeners about the range of property types that we could talk to you about when it comes to financing. Well, it's it's everything else. So uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and including it. one to four. So I yeah. mean, just picture yourself if you're in the car right now and you're driving down the down the highway and you're looking out all those other buildings, mm-hmm. those uh, retail buildings, industrial buildings, mobile home parks, churches. Uh, any sort of thing that the uh, the government entities and the government-backed mortgages aren't available for, mm-hmm. those kinds of folks still need financing. They still need leverage when they get into those properties. Uh, they still need to manage cash flow for their businesses, and so they come to somebody like myself for loans. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's, let's, let's give you a stumper here. What about raw land? I, every now and then somebody asks me about that. As far as I know, you can't get financing on raw land. Yeah, so we've been doing financing on uh, raw land for quite a few years now. Uh, there are a variety of scenarios where that works, and um, so I'd encourage people to contact me if they have a scenario like that and mm-hmm. they're looking to purchase the raw land. If maybe they've uh, they've got it free and clear and they want to pull some money out, we're doing those loans as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of folks these days, uh, with the lack of inventory on the market, are looking to take raw land and convert it into 
uh, paper lots and then, of course, finished lots and go ahead and go ground up on it and, mm-hmm. and provide some single-family homes for the market. Hey, I've got an interesting scenario for you. A gent called me a few months back, and he said to me that uh, he's living on the East Coast, and he was looking for somebody to help him out because he had a partner that wanted to buy out his business, out his share of the business, and uh, you know the, they didn't own any, have any debt. You know, but now the 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 partner that wants to stay in the business would have to come up with a couple hundred grand of cash to you know pay off his what will be his future ex partner. Is that something that you could get involved with? A scenario like that. Yeah. So the first thing we would do is have them fill out a pretty simple two-page application we've created. Mm -hmm. We'd want to figure out what kind of collateral they're putting up. So specifically what real estate uh, they own free and clear uh, that we could lean. And then, of course, we want to know what their exit strategy is. So why are they coming to hard money? What's their exit strategy? Um, you know, is it a new business uh, and they need a couple years tax returns? Is it an old business that suffered in the downturn? Mm-hmm. Uh, have they come up with some new technology and so they're, uh, you know, expanding into new markets? And, and then we go ahead and craft a loan uh, that fits that need and, and gives them that bridge financing from today until they can go to a bank or pay our note off completely. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I was uh, watching a documentary the other day and, and Sam Walton was one of the ones that was being profiled. And it would show you know, how he dressed and the vehicle he drove. And it was all very basic, you know, very rustic, simple. And it, he, there was a mention that when he went to try to get a bank loan once, that, you know, he was turned down just because of the way he looked. He didn't look professional. He didn't look like he could run a company. What do people look like to come to talk to you, David, with hard money? Do you see some interesting people and people that seems like on the surface maybe they don't have capacity, but then you find out different? Well, I'm from Santa Cruz, California originally. And, uh, you know, you've seen the T-shirts, Keep Santa Cruz Weird. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's a town populated with uh, trustafarians and folks who don't work. And so uh, I grew up in that world of uh, you don't judge people. Uh, you don't judge the book by the cover. You don't judge them based on uh, how they dress or what they look like. And that's the beauty of hard money. What we're focused on is the real estate. And oftentimes, uh, even the real estate isn't, isn't pretty. Even the real estate isn't something that uh, you could get conventional financing on. And so... Uh, we funded hundreds of fix and flip properties where the folks who left were uh, clearly mad at their previous lender and uh, damaged, damaged the property yeah. on the way out. And so they were actually uh, great opportunities for hard money loans for folks who were coming in to fix mm-hmm. and flip and, and turn those around for a profit. So that's really what we're focused on is the real estate. Yeah, yeah, very nice. So I had a scenario uh, when I was a lender years ago where um, almost ready to close on a deal. And uh, it's a, almost a three-quarter million dollar deal. It's a, uh, a business that's being sold from one party to another. Uh, they're, neither of them are corporations. They're both run as uh, uh, sole proprietors. And at the last minute, there was a little glitch on the terms of what equipment was going to be included. And the buyer just wanted to close the deal because he, really, you know, he needed to keep his business going. And uh, so he asked me, he said, do you think I should offer a little bit more money than to, to try to take, take the paint off or should I fight him on this deal? I really need to close this deal fast. Um, you know, I, I, like in most cases, I said, well, talk it out, you know, talk to your other partners if you've got one and, and work it out. But it's always best to negotiate when little things, you know, are at, at stake. You don't want to blow a big deal. He, in that case, I, I don't recall, but I don't know that he had any extra money besides what he had offered for buying that business. And he was thinking about 10% more. So that would have been another 
hundred thousand, to $100,000. I forget the price range at that time. But is that something, a scenario where you could get involved? Again, because I'm thinking about it, it's about property, right? There's value in that property. If they have an extra strategy, could they work with you like that? Yeah. And so we've been able to save deals like that by cross-collateralizing another piece of property that they have equity in. Uh, so we've increased the loan size by leaning another piece of property. So mm-hmm. we have more uh, equity protecting our loan than we can make a larger loan. Mm-hmm. And that'll still save that deal. Uh, we've also done it by um, negotiating with them such that the seller is able to carry mm-hmm. uh, a short note behind us. A lot of times with conventional or bank financing, that's something that they're going to uh, look at and then rerun your debt to income. And now you might not qualify based on other mm-hmm. parameters. For folks like us, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of different ways that we'd be able to work with a, uh, a borrower like that and help them still close that transaction. Dave, let's face it. In America, there are a lot of people living here that are not U.S. citizens. They don't have their green card. But they have jobs. They've got bank accounts. They've got assets. Heck, a lot of them probably even own homes, right? They've got title on homes and whatnot. I know when I used to be in the mortgage lending business, Lou, maybe you can clarify, but you're supposed to present your driver's license and an identification and social security number. And, you know, there's all those checks that need to be uh, gone through in compliance when you're wanting to buy investment property. But if you don't have all those things together, you can't move forward, right, with an institutional lender? Um, we are going to look at what type of citizenship you have. There are there are some that we will accept, and and I would say as a general rule, temporary residency would not work in mm-hmm. the institutional lending department. Yeah. You know, we also want you to have a history, a credit history, a job history, mm-hmm. uh, and and with that job, because we do normally require. A, a more standard form of income. Either you work for somebody else or you have your own business. We need an expectation that that income is going to continue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we definitely have some guidelines around that. All yes. right. All right. And they're, they're per, per, relatively stringent. I mean, they're black and white for the most part. Correct. Sure. Yes. When it comes to hard money lending from Socotra Capital, Dave, what's it like on that side? Let's say you have a, somebody coming to you. They've got everything in order. They look good, but they just don't have a social security number. Well, what we're going to look to is the title and escrow company to be able to ensure who those folks are, that they can legally buy, mm-hmm. uh, that we can prove who they are and that they own. And once we have that in place, then we're fine with making the loan because we're going to focus on the collateral. Yep. We're going to be doing a little lower loan to value than Lou would or, or you'd have on a, on a normal uh, mortgage. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be our additional protection in the event that uh, – those overseas stream of income, uh, you know, that those dry up or if uh, those folks don't or can't bring a credit history, uh, that's where we're going to look to for our additional protection. Well, it's great that you offer these things because a lot of people are in transition as well or they're, you know, they just don't have uh, their documentation quite in order. But like we've talked, they need to pull the trigger quickly on, let's say, a business loan or a business expansion. And if it's nice to know that if you see value in their real estate and what they have outright, there's a good way that you can work with them. It's a great uh, opportunity for anybody listening who has that entrepreneurial feel but needs just a little cash to take it over the hump. Yeah, and what we've seen is that, uh, you know, America still on the global scale has has, um, held its stature to a large degree. And so I know in markets like Miami, a lot of folks are coming up from Latin America. Mm -hmm. Here on the West Coast, we're seeing a lot of dollars come in 
mm-hmm. from Asia. Uh, there are a lot of drivers uh, on the international scale that'll that'll cause somebody who's uh, wealthy in another country to want to park a half a million bucks here, and yeah. uh, they're happy to have that in dollars and dollar denominated and in real estate. So mm-hmm. we're we're uh, more than happy to to join along with them and make a loan and help them uh, enjoy the American dream. You've got a wide range of services that you offer at Socotra Capital. Dave Washburn, give us your contact information in case anybody wants to reach you. The best way to reach me is 775-420-4990. Very good. And Lou Carr is with us from Summit Funding. Lou, you thought I forgot about you. We do have a couple of scenarios for you as well, Lou, so please hang on. Thank you. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Buying investment real estate is a big decision. Getting the right mortgage is critical. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com, and that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, H-U-L-B-E-R-T dot com or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Thank you. Caliber Home Loans located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. This is Jamie Cook from MC Squared Well Solutions. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he is a phenomenal host, knows his stuff, and I enjoy listening all the time. Peter Padilla is a great host on Real Estate Radio. I enjoyed being on his show. Your Nevada Real Estate Questions with answers from Peter Padilla. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio right here on KFOI 1060 AM Radio. We are in our 10th year of broadcasting, and we love chatting with our guests about real estate and real estate for investors. A lot of people want to pick up the podcast of our past radio shows, and just like this show, they are all posted through NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. You'll see photos of our previous guests from the most recent shows, and just by clicking on those photos, you will be taken to the podcast so you can listen, share, or download. And then browse through the website. You'll see photos of some of the other guests, contact information, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. My name is Peter Padilla, and I am your host, and I'm enjoying my conversation with our in-studio guests. Dave Washburn is with us. He's from Socotra Capital, a hard money lender that helps people pull the trigger quickly on real estate deals when you just can't wait for institutional financing. When you can wait on institutional financing. That's where Lou Carr comes in. Lou is the branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks 
Nevada. Lou, we're enjoying having you and Dave on the show today because it's a lot about numbers. It's about the money, and let's face it, when it comes right down to it, just like that late-night lawyer attorney says, it's all about the money. (laughs) That's right. The whole (laughs) business is about the money. It's what drives it, and it's what the end result is. Yes, and everybody's asking because the money means, well, how much do I need to put down? What are the interest rates going? And Nobody can predict interest rates to a T. I think you have to be an alchemist to be able to do that. But you follow a lot of sources where you work, and just as your own uh, personal way of doing business, what other people are saying about money management and money rates. Give our listeners an idea of some of the things that you hear out there. Um, and I subscribe to some uh, some uh, daily information, um, f- some folks that provide information, and and they're much smarter about the economy than I am. Um, they're, you know, they've been predicting, when I say they, the pundits, the economic pundits, mm-hmm. uh, have been predicting now for about four years that interest rates are going to be going up. You know, I've been hearing quickly. that, too, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I agree that at some point in time they are going to go up because we've been at historical lows. So, you know, I I mean, from what I'm hearing, interest rates are going to be moving upward most likely this year, but probably not very much, probably a quarter percent, maybe a half percent. Mm -hmm. Um, And and interest rates going up could uh, act in a funny way. It actually could end up causing rates to come back down later. Yeah. You know, if, if the housing market slows down, you know, our our economy is driven to a very large degree by the housing business. People buy homes, they go in and buy drapes and, and washers and dryers, mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that helps keep the economy going. So in my personal opinion, rates can't go up too much, even over the course of the you know next few years. If it did, it would really put a large... Uh, wet blanket on the housing market. No, and I think with the government in charge, they certainly want to look as good as possible every day. And interest rates being low is just another feather in some bureaucrat's cap to show that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Whether it's semi-artificial or not, I I do think it's going to be a a cautious move. But what I find interesting, Lou, is that when uh, people talk to me about the current movement in the real estate market, they say to me, gee, you know, it went up so fast and and then it went down so fast, and now it's going up so fast. I, I just don't know whether I want to get on that roller coaster yep. because, you know, it's very likely it's going to happen again, like it does in most ends of the business. When we talk about the interest rates, when we were at the peak of our real estate market, which was, I think was late 2005 or six somewhere around in there, interest rates were not really that high. I think they were somewhere right. around 6 you know, five and a half. Yeah. Uh, I, I hardly remember sevens. I mean, they really, the interest rates are, did not really change quite as dramatically as home values there, it yeah. seems like. People are very concerned about interest rates hitting double digits again, like you mentioned when you bought your first home and it was 11, 12, yeah. you know, 13%. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, nobody knows for sure. I mean, we're just guessing, but I just really, I can't see rates ever going back to that range. I can't either. I really can't. Historically, interest rates almost always go down during a presidential election, Mm -hmm. leading up to the election. And I think you hit the nail on the head because the current administration wants 
there to be another similar administration mm-hmm. after the election. They want to make their side look good. Mm-hmm. And what's a great way to do that? Keep interest rates low. Yeah. That that allows people to refinance higher rate mortgages. It allows them to pull cash out of their property. It basically pushes more money into the economy, which mm-hmm. makes the economy better. Yeah. And yeah. I think people got to got to remember that it also employs people in title and escrow. There's valuation services with appraisals. Yeah. A realtor will come list your house. They're going to tell you to do a little bit of touch-up paint, carpet, inspections. So there's really a lot that goes into and is around. Dave Socotra. There you go. There's some origination (laughs) fees. So there's a lot that goes into moving a property. And that's why I always uh, start by mentioning that it's Largely an illiquid asset. Uh, people underestimate and underappreciate how much it takes to either discount the property to move it or put into it to get it to move when you sell. You can sell a car a lot faster than a house, can't you? <laughs> you can. You can, definitely. Same with buying it. Lou, I know people who drive by looking at cars, get pulled in for a free hot dog. Next thing you know, new Cadillac. <laughs> We're driving out in a new one, right? Yeah. 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 This is Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio talking with in-studio guests about real estate and real estate for investors. Lou Carr is with us from Summit Funding, Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital. I've been looking at my business library lately, and I think it's important sometimes to do a little sharing because we're always wanting to learn more and, and do better. I was also talking with the owner of Sage International, Sherry Hill. You know, she's a wealth protection diva. Wow. If you're buying investment real estate, you're going into business and Sherry Hill is the person to talk to about incorporating so that you can protect your assets. Sherry Hill, she's the Wealth Protection Diva, and you can reach her at 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com and ask for Sherry Hill. And the reason I mentioned Sherry Hill is because I noticed on the business uh, plaque that it says her slogan is and her her mantra is simplicity, service, and empowerment. Looking at my library, I was looking at one of my favorite books it's written by Jack Trout, The Power of Simplicity. Jack Trout says on Chapter 4 of The Power of Simplicity, he says, Sometimes too much information can confuse you. The art of being wise is the art of knowing what to overlook sometimes. What do you think about that? Sometimes life too complicated for you, Dave? Yeah, I think it's called analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. You get uh, stuck in analyzing all of the inputs, Mm -hmm. and uh, you never reach the conclusion. So I think that's uh, that's a very good point. And with the 24-hour news cycle and all the information, the things we've been talking about, uh, yeah, you could drive yourself crazy trying to figure out what the Fed's going to do at the next meeting or Mm -hmm. uh, whether Lou's interest rate he's uh, selling is going to go up five basis points or down. And the reality is that's insignificant to whether or not the home is a good purchase for your family or whether or not that uh, rental property is uh, is a good uh, addition to your portfolio. And I think, Peter, in, in my end of the business, I'm sure Dave probably gets caught up with it on occasion, is, you know, we're we're looking at loan files and we're trying to figure out how to get it approved and get the underwriter to accept it. And we get so focused sometimes on, on the minutiae where and we, and we lose sight of the big picture. 
Mm-hmm. And and I think this is where you know Socotra Capital and a hard money lender has a much better advantage, as they can they can look at the big picture and say, well, you know that one document's not not you know going to be a problem for us. You know I think these people are going to make the payment on the property that we're doing the loan yeah. on. So I agree, Peter. I think it's a great point. There are some people that try to deal with complexities by hiring people to deal with those complexities. Uh, some people call them consultants. And there's a great chapter in this book, The Power of Simplicity by Jack Trout. And uh, in the opening page of the chapter on consultants, he says that consultants are the source of a lot of nonsense. He says there's about 700 business schools in the U.S. alone. All of these institutions are full of academics desperate to make their name as management theorists, right? So they're all going to have something new, something to present, a new way of looking. You know, that's like the, another avalanche of, of uh, information coming. I can see every time we have a new graduating class. But I think there's a lot of value, like we both, uh, like you both are talking about. Uh, instead of talking to so many people, pick out the few people you want to talk about about a project and then focus on that. You could spend your life on the Internet looking for new information, con- conflicting information, but you have to find some sources that you trust to make right. that happen. Right, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that's one of the problems with real estate, and especially for new folks who want to get in, they, they're very interested in it. It can be difficult to mm-hmm. make that first transaction happen. Yeah. And that's where, Peter, you've mentioned it uh, so many times on the show. You know, hitch yourself to somebody you trust and who knows the marketplace and the business, and, and you need to believe what they're telling you. Join yourself at the hip with the right person. Right. Um, it, it is a, uh, it's a wonderful thing to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off because the world is complicated. There's a chapter in this book that we're talking about, The Power of Simplicities, and it says complex language. It can cloud people's minds. Jack Trout says, I noticed that you use a plan uh, I'm sorry he says I notice you use plain simple language short words and brief sentences that is the best way to write English it is the modern way and the best way stick to it where did he get that quote he get that from Mark Twain <laughs> and I, but I, I agree with that I think too many people try to make their own language complicated Lou one of the nice things I know about you uh, when you challenge and uh, when you talk with your clients, you talk in simple language so that they understand it. Correct. There's a lot of uh, acronyms and abbreviations in the mortgage business. I remember when I first got into the business, it was so hard to figure out what I was doing because everything was initials. We were trying to keep you out, Peter. Well, you, you <laughs> job. I mean, it's they, it's true. The more you can deal with people and help them understand, it's it's not the uh, the fancy verbiage that that helps them understand. It's just it's just the the what it is. Say it as it is, and it's much easier for people to understand. Yeah, uh, there's a chapter two on this book called Common Sense, and it, it says you're just common sense can can make things simple. You must draw on language, logic, simple common sense to d- determine essential issues and establish a concrete course of action. Who wrote that little phrase that's in this book, Power of Simplicity? Jack Trout, he credits Abraham Lincoln with that. And you talk about working under trying times. No hard money lender could save him. (laughs) He needed needed action. Lincoln was really an action president, you know, studying him. I just love him. He really made up his mind. He 
got a lot of consultation, but ultimately he knew that the decisions that he had to face, he had to make them on his own with just the right knowledge that he had. I think he trusted his instincts a lot, too, trusted his gut. Enjoyed my conversation with my guests in the studio today talking about everything from real estate and real estate for investors to a great book that we're recommending today that you check out. It's from Peter Padilla's Real Estate Investment Library. It's called The Power of Simplicity by Jack Trout. I love this book, and I know you're going to enjoy it. And, Peter, can folks come in and just check this book out of your library right here and then bring it back in a, a couple days? Is no, they cannot. Okay. Lou's so funny. <laughs> Lou's looking in one of our books, and we have a library <laughs> checkout system for all of our staff and employees so that they want to borrow a book. They can just sign it and then take off. So the books with all the real secrets in them, you don't the, check this out. Is yeah. where all, this is all the research. <laughs> I'm telling you, the value of a personal library, uh, you, you just can't. I can't, agree. It's just it's fantastic. Agree. Lou, one last time, give us your contact information at Summit Funding. Thanks, Peter. 775-771-4505. Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital, hard money lender. Dave, if anybody wants to reach you, what's the best way? You can reach me at 775-420-4990, and I'd be happy to discuss the details of any transactions you're contemplating. All right, awesome. And you're quite the cyclist. I know you're training for a big ride. I bet in the coming weeks we're going to get a report on how that deal turned out for you. Yeah, hopefully rubber side down. There you go. we always aim for. <laughs> just can't keep moving forward. Thank you. This is Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're on every week, same time, same station. Tell your friends, your family, your loved one. Goodbye. <laughs> You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.